And we are live. Welcome back, beautiful and amazing human beings. This is Okradowski and Jason Burmis of We Are Change that are here for the last ever, ever Sunday uh, news recap show because it's the end of 2018. Uh, <laughs> and as always, we have been live here and will continue to be live every single Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern, to give you a full breakdown of everything that happened Monday through Sunday. And of course, mainly alternative information, mainly a lot of the news that typically doesn't get the attention it deserves or is just censored. So we're going to be live here for the next hour. We're going to be live on Facebook, on Periscope. The podcast of this episode will be available on iTunes later. But of course, we are predominantly live on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash we are changed, where we, of course, will be at interacting with you more than any other platform with a big priority, of course, on your Super Chats. So, of course, Super Chats keep us free and independent with your support. We're able to actually say what we want, piss off who we want, and actually kick anyone in the balls verbally that we want. <laughs> and that's mainly because of your support giving us the freedom to work for you and not for any special interest group, government, corporation or any other buttholes out there who are trying to manipulate information to use you for their own personal benefit uh it's a changing media landscape and hell it's possible with you and it's becoming amazing with you and uh this episode we're gonna be live for again for one hour we're gonna be talking about a lot of different things but first of all jason how are you and how does it feel going all the way to the end of 2018 making it all the way to this point I'll tell you what, man, uh, the end of the year has been pretty awesome, huh? I mean, honestly, it's been pretty great. Uh, I, I've had been hopeful all year. Uh, I've talked about when I haven't been, obviously. And uh, we kind of got a shot in the arm these last two or three weeks. And I'm hoping, you know, I'm seeing a lot of skepticism about, and I'm talking, of course, about leaving Syria and Afghanistan. And people are saying, well, this is just the Eric Prince PMG or private military group plan to move people in. Look, this is a step in the right direction, just like uh, North Korea, South Korea, their talks, their movements are a step in the right direction. So uh, the less war, the better. The more troops coming home, uh, the better. The start of this year is a very hopeful one, Luke. I am very hopeful. I think that, you know, a lot of people go into it, I'm going to quit smoking, I'm going to get jacked, I'm going to find my future wife. Hey, just start with having a better day and being a better person and working towards better goals. And that's how your year starts great and can end great, Luke. Yeah, I mean, most resolutions fail because people just automatically use this kind of opportunity to be like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, without taking the kind of practical, small steps to actually get them done. And uh, it's always important. Start slow. Start, you know, with little basic things. And I think appreciating and having gratitude of all the little smaller things is a great way to kind of move forward. But, man, it's been, it's been a crazy year. It's been a turbulent kind of roller coaster year. I'm seeing tweets. Um, on Twitter right now saying 2018 tried to kill everybody, but it's really it's really not that bad to be honest with you. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at the comment sections right now. People are saying that 2019 will be the uh, Somalia's year. <laughs> uh, always a very riveting, interesting conversation happening in the chat room. So always appreciate everyone taking part uh, in this kind of bigger conversation that we're having, even the ridiculous crazy comments that we're having in there. Oh, we're seeing a bunch of Q stuff. That's been an also interesting development this year with the QAnon uh, theories out there. 
a whole other thing to get into that, of course, we've been talking about uh, this entire year. But Jason, what do you think is, uh, I'm just, let's, let's just spitball here a little bit, because uh, we're also going to take phone calls. We should take one phone call before we get into the main monologue and before uh-huh. we get into Monday's and Sunday's story. But before we get into it, Jason, what do you think is your greatest accomplishment of 2018? Oh, my greatest accomplishments. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty happy working here. I mean, that was pretty cool. And in March, obviously, I went full time and uh, left my bar and, uh, you know, started doing this. But family wise, that's it. You know, just getting through another year with the kids and uh, moving them in uh, a little over a year ago to the same house, not just the same area. And uh, just kind of being a pseudo dad, that's definitely the most fulfilling. That's the, you know, being an example for kids. I know that sounds corny. I'm not LeBron James. You know, I'm not saying I got to sit here and be a role model. Uh, but, you know, that's, it, it, I'll tell you what, man, I'm not going to be here forever. You're not going to be here forever. The kids aren't going to be forever. So what do we leave? We leave a legacy of how we treat other people. And, uh, you know, I think those are the most fulfilling things. So family to me is very important. Okay, Mr. LeBron James over there. I- What's really interesting about LeBron James is I'm happy you brought him up because I've been thinking about this. I disagree with his politics a lot, but when it comes to like sports stars and athletes, he seems like he seems like he has it more put together than anyone else out there. He's on the top of his game, has a crap ton of money, and he's not messing up like everybody else. He's not taking steroids. He's not cheating on his wife. He's not partying, going crazy. He's really a very family values guy staying with his girlfriend that he had from high school, you know, taking care of his kids, trying to teach his kids good lessons. And um, it's really something that I haven't really seen reported on, but um, I don't know about you, but LeBron James definitely seems like a overall good figure, even though completely disagree with his uh, political opinions. Well, yeah, you know, his political opinions have kind of been in the hot seat. You know, he put that Instagram post about Jewish money where he was rapping. And, you know, you can't do that even if you're LeBron James. And I think, and again, I don't think he was mean-spirited by it. Or, But at the other end, when he tried to apologize for it, he kind of made it worse playing into the stereotype, if anybody noticed that. Um, let me say this about LeBron James. All those things are true. He hasn't been in the public eye like a Kobe Bryant cheating on his wife and all that other stuff. Who knows? Because Kobe Bryant had a whole rape case. No uh, one wants to talk about that. Yes. Everyone's wearing his jerseys and celebrating him. You, you guys forget, he had a rape case. Uh, like, Beyond that, though, Luke. The movement. Listen, that we, was very legitimate. Listen, I'm just saying, before we jump to that, jump to inclusions, Matt, you look at people like Michael Jordan, you know, he wasn't the best to his wife. It, it came out later, um, his gambling. There's a lot of shady things that went on with Jordan that we haven't really discussed uh, in the public square. You look at a guy like Tiger Woods, obviously he had, had his scandal after being squeaky clean. If you want a squeaky clean athlete, I'm going to give you one. A guy who went his whole career, never won scandal, never really raised his voice on anything. Tim Duncan, one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Uh, played the game for well over 20 years, did four years in college, always was in khaki pants and like a uh, a collared shirt, never was big pimping, playing. It was always about family. And uh, that that's a guy, San Antonio Spurs champion, I think five times over. So props to Tim Duncan. He doesn't get enough credit. Yeah, but you know, the American story is a story of uh, F-ups. It's a story of uh, mishaps. And I think that's why a lot of people are kind of uh, looked up to, but... Really, it's, it's, it's hard not to F up with so many temptations and so much money and so much power. And the few people who don't mess up, 
uh, definitely do deserve a little bit of respect because uh, there is something to say about all the pressure and all the stress that they face. Now, as far as accomplishments, I personally would say one of my greatest accomplishments of 2018, of course, uh, is uh, getting rid of a lot of self-sabotaging behavior, uh, doing a lot of work on myself, quitting smoking. Now, I know, I know. There's nothing worse than than a person who who quits smoking and an ex-smoker is going to be with a snobby nose telling you how awesome it is and amazing it is. I apologize in advance. There's nothing worse than that. Well, maybe a vegan. Vegan, <laughs> vegans are probably just on par. <laughs> my my friends met. Uh, <laughs> my friend's a vegan. Uh, he's letting me use his hotel room. The place I was staying, I had a cat and I had a whole bunch of allergies. But my friend. Uh, who's also uh, in this kind of media sphere, uh, Ryan uh, from like Stand Up Not Eleven. He's letting me use this hotel room. He's also a vegan, uh, but uh, I want to just kind of bring him in here too. He's he's an awesome guy. He does a lot of great stuff on Instagram. Uh, on Instagram, he's Stand Up Not Eleven. That's pretty much his main job. Does a lot of other stuff with like CBDs and stuff. Ryan, what, what would you say is your kind of greatest accomplishment of 2018? Definitely had a few of them, but I think getting over depression was the biggest one for me. Yeah, speak up. Um, it was getting over getting over depression for me. It just like you were saying, self sabotage and going down that road. I think that was the biggest thing for me is coming back to my own peace of mind and bringing balance into my life. Yeah, I mean, a lot of mental disorders in 2018. A lot of people dealing with a lot of stuff. I mean, I've you know been going through my stuff as well. Everyone's going through a lot of different stuff, but. Uh, it's just been utterly, utterly insane. What would you say is like the highest point of this year for you? I want to ask you this too, Jason. I'm going to answer it as well. What's the highest point you had of 2018? Like uh, kind of the best kind of feeling you had? I think the best was when I quit my corporate job and I started working for myself with my CBD oil company and clothing lines and just investing into like alternate media and activism and stuff like that. So. It's kind of cool just walking away from the matrix and following my passion and dreams and working for myself. Yeah, man. I mean, that's ultimately the dream. Uh, anything else you want to say? And uh, where can people find you? Um, so I'm just going to say, like, chase your dreams. Don't get stuck in the matrix. Don't, like, keep beating yourself up. Just manifest and create your reality. And then you can find me on Instagram, standup911. Yeah, he's also a major hippie. What does what that, what what that scarf, what does that have? What kind of? Crazy crystals. So it's a, it has cellunite in it. Cellunite. That sounds like a curse word. Sacred geometry. It's a cleansing uh, crystal. You don't have to recharge it. Gets rid of bad energy. Yeah, well, I'm I'm definitely an undercover hippie. If you guys didn't know, <laughs> I'm not I'm not a part of the vegan clan and crew. <laughs> uh, yesterday we were just we were just making fun of each other. You can check out uh, my Instagram stories to see the the craziness we got into. But Ryan, man, thanks so much uh, hanging out with him. Uh, he's also a friend of uh, Kelly Slater, who we may meet up with later, who we may interview later. He's also a friend with David Avocado Wolf, who I don't really know that well, but I'm um, hearing some things about him. Uh, it would be interesting to see what the comment section thinks about him, because um, uh, Ryan's going to be hanging out with him. I'm like, I heard, I kind of heard this dude, around, dude being around doing other things. So it'd be interesting to see what you guys think of him. Um, get kind of perspectives and if you guys have any input of what i should do or see or investigate here in uh, honolulu hawaii uh definitely let me know on uh, twitter.com forward slash luke we are change or instagram luke we are change uh, and those are the best ways to get in contact with me ryan's going to be doing a whole bunch of work his uh instagram handles is at standup 911 standup 911 uh so definitely check them out too so thanks for letting me use your room man no jason what is your 
highest point of uh, 2018? Um, you know what? I would say that probably my happiest moment this year so far was probably around Thanksgiving where I uh, really it wasn't the first time I met my brother's kid. Um, but it was the first time, like, he was, you know, almost walking around, and he was staring at me, and I spent a good amount of time with him, and, you know, this is the first little boy Burmese in the clan of me and my brothers and sisters, so I, uh, I really enjoyed that. That was probably my big happy moment. Yeah, I would say the happiest moment was probably washing off the tear gas from <laughs> and being in the shower, because um, if you don't, if you've ever been hit by tear gas, or, you know, any of that stuff. When you put water on it, it hurts even more. But there was some kind of, like, weird kind of satisfaction to, like, having the blisters on my feet, feeling exhausted, feeling like I gave it at my all. As I'm washing my face off from the tear gas, with it burning off? There was a weird kind of satisfaction knowing that I put everything on the line and I busted my ass and I did something good that resonated with a lot of people, that a lot of people shared that a lot of people interacted with. A lot of people let other people know that, hey, this is some real stuff that you guys need to see that I was a part of producing and doing. It was it was a great kind of feeling. So it was a feeling that was kind of possible because of you. And uh, really, really appreciate you guys making that moment um, what it was. Uh, and that's all done because of all the members and all the super chats. And uh, it, let's just shout some of them out. We have uh, Anxious Artificial Intelligence. We just became a new member. Uh, thank you so much for becoming a new member. Last week, I produced a lot of content. I'm going to be working on new content as well to produce for there. We have Kali Kitten. She's also became a new member. Thank you so much, Kali Kitten, for joining and becoming a member here. We've got another super chat by Nicholas Peter. He's around here a lot. Thank you so much, Nicholas, for always being on the show and always participating and uh, asking really great questions. He says, get in touch with Michael Tessarian. See if you can get on his Unslaved podcast or if he can be on your channel, it would be super beneficial. Stay fly, guys. Well, thank you so much, Nicholas. I actually been in contact with uh, Michael Sarian a couple years ago. I think we even did an event together um, here in New York City. Um, if, if I'm, I can't really legitimately remember because I used to run a speaker series in New York City and had a whole bunch of people always fly in and give talks and lectures, but. Michael Tessari does a lot of stuff about mind control, right, Jason? Do you, do you know Michael Tessari? I'm aware of some of his stuff uh, probably years ago is when I was, like, looking at it. And uh, he's very Atlantis-based. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't say he's... Did he, did he do that documentary where there was just a whole segment of him sitting in a car and just some, like, <laughs> piano music? And I was like, what the hell is this? I'm not so, sure. Maybe. Uh, you know, there's a lot of those out there. I've definitely seen some of his stuff. He's interesting. Um, you know, you know, he reminds me of uh, more of a kind of hippie Daniel Estelin. You know what I mean? Like, they look similar. Uh, they got a similar feel about their lectures and their prominence. Uh, I didn't really know he was still doing stuff, uh, honestly, you know, because he's more... I would think that I'd see him in my feed. You know how you always see those Gaia things in your feed, and it's always, like, George Norrie and uh, who is it, David Wilcock? Uh, I'm surprised yeah. Sarion really isn't in there. I don't see as much of him... Obviously, people like Jordan Maxwell, which a lot of his stuff is based on, he hasn't been doing as much stuff. But Jordan's, geez, he's really old. I mean, we had him in a, uh, my film 2012, uh, what was it, Shade. So, I don't know. I, I'd love to talk to, you know, I'd love to be on that podcast, talk about whatever you like. I think he's interesting. 
Yeah, yeah, let's definitely try to get in contact with him. Uh, let's try to reach out to him, uh, see what he's up to, see if he's uh, still producing content. And I think that would be an interesting one. Anything else you want to say about 2018, Jason, before I go into this monologue? Uh, just that this is it, folks. You know, hopefully I'm going to be down in the garden on New Year's Eve going to watch the PFL MMA. I think you're still going to be in, uh, what, Hawaii for New Year's, right? I would assume, obviously, because uh, it's such a plane ride. <laughs> it's got to be. You're like five hours away right now. That's a travel, my friend. It was an 11-hour nonstop flight, which was uh, interesting <laughs> to say the least. If you watch my Instagram, you can see the baby. I, I had two babies, not one, but two babies sitting directly next to me after not getting any sleep. And I remember just finally recovering because I got really, really sick on Christmas. Maybe it was even the flu. I don't know what it was, but I just remember back-breaking, bone-breaking kind of pain that I was dealing with. And I was finally recovering. And I'm like, all right, I'm not going to sleep. I'm just going to sleep on the plane and being <laughs> positioned next to two babies that were just going off the entire plane ride. But it was it was so lethargic. It was so good to finally, like, land, have good weather. I like, literally just, like, ran to the beach and just started, like, swimming in the ocean, trying to, like, heal and recover. And, uh, yeah, it's important to take some time off. Uh, people need to understand it's important to... Uh, relax. I got some friends here that I'm staying at their, you know, house. I'm using freaking flyer miles. So why not? Why not take advantage? And usually around this time, it's a slow period. Um, after the New Year's, it's also kind of of, of a slow period. And uh, I think I'm just going to get right back at it after taking a few days off, getting my mind right, getting my body right, and, uh, you know, moving forward in a good direction. But, uh, yeah, let's just get right into it. Let's get into the main monologue that I really wanted to uh, talk to everyone about because um, even though we're seeing a lot of negative comments about 2018, especially in the Twitterverse, in all actuality, 2018 was an amazing year, even by the record books, even by the statistics, violent crimes, prison rates went down dramatically. The standard of living has gone up globally all over the world. And we highlighted this in our video this week, the top 10 positive good stories that you didn't hear about 2018. And really looking at it, it's ending to be a very hopeful, optimistic outlook for 2019, which could even be a better year by the records, by the numbers, and by the way that we are living our life, which of course, a lot of people in media don't want you to know about. They don't want you to see all the good things happening around there because when you're concentrating on good things, positive things, being sustained independently, being uh, on your own, not needing anything, being in a good place in your life, you're not going to buy the useless crap. You're not going to be easily controlled. And this is why a lot of this information um, is not out there. So statistically, we're doing better than ever. And 2019, we're most likely going to be even, even in a better position than we are now. I, I mean, just looking at things here, retrospectively, we're here in a nine-day shutdown of the government. And a lot of the shutdown is also affecting the IRS offices. And you know what? I think the IRS office and the officers working there deserve a little bit of uh, time off. I think it's great that they're not working. I think it's great that this year we also finally saw a piece that looks like it's lasting and holding in North Korea. With, of course, just now, a few moments ago, there being an official announcement saying that North Korea is offering South Korea a year-end message of peace. And the peace is holding. And it's been holding because of negotiations, because of deals. And it's not just there. There's also peace brewing inside of Syria. <coughs> Pardon me. 
where we just saw a few days ago Donald Trump take U.S. troops out of there. And, of course, there was a lot of fear-mongering. <coughs> Pardon me here. <coughs> Still, again, recovering from the sickness. In Syria, where literally a lot of people were fear-mongering that there was going to be a bigger bloodbath in that country between the Turks and the Kurds. We always had our eye on that situation, told you there could have been a greater deal made here with Donald Trump, Turkey, and Syria. And it looks like the peace is holding and that there won't be a bloodbath inside of Syria. As this week, we found out that the Syrian government has moved in to the Kurdish-controlled areas with the Kurds asking them to be there, preventing, of course, Turkey from invading that country and creating a bigger bloodbath where the U.S. troops are withdrawing from. And, of course, some deep state operatives, some neocons are frustrated that the Kurds are inviting the Syrian government and their forces onto their kind of territory. But overall, this is an amazing development that's going to bring more peace to the area and less war, less bloodshed, and something that is really moving forward in the right positive direction. In France, we have seen a movement that has inspired people, not only just in Europe, but all over the world. We're seeing copycat yellow vest movements in the United States, in Canada, all over, as the media, of course, has been counting out the movement. Uh, the mainstream media has been saying the yellow vests are over, it's too cold, there's holiday seasons. But just yesterday, we saw the seventh week of protest bringing out tens of thousands of people to the street of Paris. We saw just crazy, iconic photos of the Eiffel Tower being shrouded in smoke with, of course, more people lashing out, letting their voices be heard, not being divided and conquered. And just even a couple of days ago, we saw the Yellow Vest protesters attempt to storm Emmanuel Macron's Mediterranean castle, <laughs> which also was another major move, another major development. In the Netherlands, there was major clashes between people and the police. There's been people tearing down the EU flag all over the place, letting people know their dissatisfaction with the system, with the larger injustices happening to everyone, with people coming together who believe in left-wing ideologies and right-wing ideologies, saying enough is enough. And uh, this is going to be a very, very, very interesting year going into 2019, as many people are predicting a kind of European spring. Now, it hasn't been all peachy, hasn't been all great and glorious in 2018, uh, but we are seeing things pick up and move in the right directions. There's still a lot of censorship that we have to deal with, as we covered in an earlier video this week, with the top 10 stories of 2018 that they don't want you to know about, which, of course, will be also linked in the story. There's still a lot of repression. There's still a lot of crazy, insane actions of people, protesters, media being attacked for standing up for individualism, for standing up for themselves. Israel has just also attacked Syria on Christmas Day, none, nonetheless. Um, and we ultimately still have a boatload of censorship that we're going to have to face the repercussions of. But overall, what this is showing us is that we are having a positive effect here and that the social controllers, the big establishment elite types, are terrified 
of what we have to say, of the ideas that we have to spread, and the information that we want to give to you that is totally free, that is not controlled, and is totally diversified in all senses of the way, and it's breaking down the power structures that they thought they had in their hands, that they think that they can control, that they think that they could censor, that they are censoring, but ultimately, I see this as a form of showing the greater weaknesses and the greater disorganization of their entire systems that we are finally seeing the true light of and their existence of. So overall, 2019, extremely optimistic. Statistically, things will go up. Life will be better. Expect a European spring. And holy cow, I'm excited moving forward from 2018 to 2019. What about you, Jason? Yeah, man. Woot, woot. I mean, this is it. I, I really do feel like, look, as hard as we have been on the Trump administration, it's moving in the right direction. Mattis is out. Mattis is out, baby. Forget about the new year. January 1st, a, a literal Star Wars villain is out of the government. That's good news. I, I mean, I pray that he's not replaced by a Jack Keane or another one of these uh, neocon warmongers. We've got guys like... Mario Cuomo closing the year out, another verifiable demon with an imp-like brother on CNN saying we're going to decriminalize and legalize marijuana in New York. Huge move. And now, Luke, you know, the two <coughs> bigger stories, the, the ones that actually matter, is this Me Too movement ever so slightly, ever, ever so slightly. I don't want to push it too hard, but it has gone forward into the recognition that there are pedophiles out there. And that was one of the bigger positive stories. You know, that thing that Jeffrey Epstein had to sign, that statement where he said that he had falsified information about that lawyer and brought up a false suit, and the man representing all of these different women that have accused me of abusing them as youngsters never told a lie, and it was me who was lying. That was huge. And, and you know, even Slate, you want to check this article out. This is two days ago. Uh, I guess three days ago now, but I saw it two days ago. In a year full of heinous men, Jeffrey Epstein still managed to be shocking. And, you know, like I said, man, we could talk about the Weinsteins of the world. We're going to talk about the Spaceys of the world in a minute. But, Luke, the bottom line is uh, a light has been shined on this darkness like never before. Especially on the upper echelons elite. And there's still a lot more darkness that the light hasn't been shined on, which people need to be aware of. And there's been a lot of also negative repercussions of the kind of larger Me Too movement being politically. But overall, with these effects, looking at them, they have been very positive, very eye-opening, and very refreshing to finally see in the public sphere. Because it's been denied that there's been high-level uh, predators and pedophiles out there. Now we're finally able to see it. So again, amazing here. I mean, I, the, you got the wacky, the wacky, Jason. I know you're you're kind of happy about that. A lot of people are happy about that because it's also leading to decriminalization. It's also leading to lower jail populations. It's also leading to the progression of our society. And I think what you pay your attention on, it's what actually grows. So 2019, full force, fully optimistic, super excited, super happy. And it's going to be an incredible year. And uh, it's been an incredible year for us because of you, your support, your participation. It's been rough for us financially throughout the majority of the year. Really, things extremely picked up for us uh, because of 
the France movement, the Yellow Vest movement, and that's been a huge, huge part uh, of your your guys' support, your guys' uh, involvement in this movement. And uh, that's why, from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank everyone for donating and participating uh, and being a part of this independent news venture. Well, you know, Luke, again, we, we're talking about so much positivity because we have seen so much of this positivity, my friend. And really the only people that I think that could be um, even slightly disappointed by some of these things are the people that bought into there are a thousand indictments and we're going to drain the swamp and this is it. John Podesta is being held at Guantanamo Bay with Hillary Clinton and QAnon, our superhero, is going to ride into the sunset with a MAGA hat as we take down the deep state. If you bought into all that nonsense, you know, late 2017, early 2018, maybe this wasn't your year. But, (laughs) go ahead, go ahead. I mean, mean, if you're buying into any of the QAnon, I mean, seriously, I mean... I mean, we covered this for way too long. I think we're giving, giving this way too much attention, Jason. But, well, but sorry, sorry, I cut you off. Go no, ahead. I mean, my point, again, being the fact that uh, this was real progress, okay? Um, the fact that right now, Weinstein is still going to see a trial. They convicted Cosby. Now, Weinstein, um, there are hints, hints that he was much more involved with Epstein than they are leading on. In fact, those hints come from the man who won that lawsuit, a lawyer, and his lawyer talking about it in a 20-minute press conference. If you haven't watched that, uh, you can go over to our uh, Facebook page. It's posted on there from three, four weeks ago when it actually happened. But the bottom line is real things are happening. Even the Catholic Church can no longer run and hide when over a thousand victims have been outed over decades by the Attorney General in Pennsylvania. Uh, This is showing me, at least, Luke, that the tides can turn in 2019. I mean, yeah, I mean, we have to appreciate all the positive stuff uh, because it's something that the mainstream media doesn't do because they don't do it for a very specific reason. They want everyone in a low vibrational state. They want everyone talking about fear. They want everyone talking about, you know, being depressed. And, and the way to get out of that is really focusing on the good things, building on the solutions and uh, not being afraid to deal with the negative repercussions and the negative stories in a way where we will get out of them and, and go towards a better progress in our existence. Should we take a phone call and uh, address some of the Super Chats, Jason? Yeah, let's take a phone call. Let me get in there. So everybody over here, guys. We got a phone number. It is 607-542-9184. That is 607-542-9184. Uh, Luke probably will not be able to hear you, but I will. And uh, I will repeat whatever you say to Luke. So well, I am on uh, Hangouts. I, I should be able to hear yeah, but, uh, Hangouts, shouldn't I? No, because the Hangouts, when you're on the Hangouts, you can't hear the other Hangout phone call. It's when you're on the Facebook. Yeah, let's take a phone call before we go lo- before we go over the stories for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Sounds good. Uh, so we've still got a story every single day that we're going to be covering from there. And, uh, yeah, let's go over some of the Super Chats and take a phone call. Sounds good. Um, we got a Super Chat right here. Uh it's from Avataz, and we'll get to it in a minute. And by the way, Avataz is a member, so here we go. Unknown caller, you are on the line with Jason and Luke on We Are Change. What's your name? What would you like to talk about? Hey, what's up, you guys? It's Drew. We hey. talked the last time you guys were online. Yes, sir. How you doing, brother? Yeah, you know, it's been a while. I just uh, honestly got to say I love the job you guys are doing. First off, 
You know, yeah, you're really representing, at least for my area code, Southern Pier. It's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> so, it's like I'm supposed to be here, you know what I'm talking about? I've been, I've been waiting for a while. Like, we got disconnected because I was live, like, uh, a while ago, and I was, you know, the key one why not. So what do you think about this uh, upcoming year? Are you, are you pleased with 2018 and how it's closing out, or do you think we got more of the same? What's 2019 hold? What are your thoughts? All right, so all I got to say is, like, especially with all the release, I mean, again, this is something, like, it goes all the way back to the invasion of Iraq when I was, like, 13 or 14 years old. Just none of it made sense. So I researched and delved and delved. But all, anyway, I mean, the the actual view of 2019 is going to be way more fantastic than anyone can imagine. So you're, you're a believer. You think that we're going to start getting out of these wars and taking down some of these criminals, and it's it's going to even yeah. surpass a happy Jason Burmis, is what you're telling me. Yeah, no, exactly. No, 100%. No, the call, the wall is going down. It really is. I, I never, ever thought that this was going to be a, a future that I am going to exist in, but apparently it is, and I'm going to be this straight motherfucker that's going to help, excuse my language, <laughs> that's going to bring it down. That's going to help to bring it down. All right, well, brother, thank you so much. Uh, Luke, we had a very optimistic caller right there. He said, you know what, 2019 is going to be better than you can even imagine, Jason, and this is just the beginning. So, uh, positive caller, cursed a little bit. <laughs> I know you didn't hear that, Luke, uh, but that's okay. And uh, no, I actually heard that. I, our audio actually worked uh, for the first time. What? Which is, uh, <laughs> pretty, pretty awesome. Well, great. So that's great. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, hey, you seem like a positive guy. What do you think? I, I mean, I'm listen. I'm optimistic. I'm not putting on a Donald Trump suit, and I'm not going to the tower and proselytizing for the man. But boy, I, I'm I'm pretty happy. I, I mean, he, he's doing. He's surprising a lot of people. Um, and I think there is a bipolar aspect of this that people still need to remember. Just because he did some of these things, a lot of his language is still duplicitous, like we saw in Iraq. He was in Iraq just a few days ago, uh, surprising the troops, of course, during the holidays. And in Iraq, he was like, well, to reporters say, we still need to be, uh, I'm paraphrasing, by the way, this is not exactly what he said. We still need to be in Iraq because if we have to go back into Syria, we'll have our you know, bases and troops here ready to go. Then at the same time, he talked to other reporters later in the day. He's like, well, these people need to understand uh, we can't just be throwing our tax money down here and being there, being here for them all the time. And they need to be independent of America, which was like two contradictory kind of statements. Uh, but again, it goes along with what Donald Trump said as soon as he got elected, saying that he is both a nationalist and, of course, uh, a globalist. Right? He said that? Yeah, was well, that well he basically said yes. He was talking about nationalism, and he's also a globalist. And I, and I tend to agree with you, by the way, Luke. I, I tend to believe that uh, we shouldn't just take his word for it. But at the same time, with that Iraq story, um, you know, surprising the troops in Iraq and all this other stuff, uh, I thought it was positive that the leaders there, and don't get me wrong, the majority of the leaders there are puppet leaders, just like Hamid Karzai was a puppet le leader and his brother was the main opium dealer in Afghanistan. But they said, hey, guys, it's time to go. And it wasn't met with, no, it's not time to go. It's like, you know, he's trying to be political about it. And believe me, I want out of Iraq all the way. I want Gitmo closed. But if we can actually get troops out, and stop these wars of aggression over the next six months to a year and begin that process then in Iraq that following year, 
How, how could he lose? The man, I'd vote for him. How could you not vote for him in 2020 if by 2019 he does what he says in Syria and in Afghanistan and maybe makes those plans to finally leave Iraq? I'm not saying he will, Luke, but I'm not saying yeah, there was it's an not article. Possible. Yeah, there was an article in the mainstream media publication. I forgot whether it was The Economist or Forbes saying Trump is, is taking troops home from uh, Syria because he wants to win the re-election from 2020. And uh, th they kind of kind of emphasized like this was a bad thing, like this was an underhanded thing. Like, no, this is what Donald Trump campaigned on. Donald Trump promised to do this. And even though he has been more aggressive than Barack Obama <laughs> towards Syria, he he did what he said he was going to do. Uh, so props on him for that. But also, hey, before you did that, you actually were more aggressive and launched a, a, a bombing raid against the Syrian government, which was absolutely ridiculous over a chemical weapons attack, which of course was very contested who was responsible for. And uh, we've seen the kind of very, very, I think more than ever, we've seen the hypocrisy and the duplicity of the mainstream media more than ever in 2018. I mean, we saw them one time, you know, care so much about the Syrian people and the struggle of the Syrian people with this chemical attack and these 20 kids suffering from these injuries and these gases, right? We saw a phase where that happened. And then on the other hand, there was, what was it? 700 uh, people captured by ISIS, many of them killed, tortured and raped. Very little mention. Another chemical weapons attack, but this time by the radical Islamist rebels that the United States supported. Very little attention to that. And this kind of bigger, broader picture of the media being just hypocritical, not having any morals, not having any standards, or something that people are waking up to more than ever. And I think this is a positive, good thing, uh, because, like, again, this is why we're here, because of the mainstream media and how they suck and how just apparent they are to more people every single day about their hooey, uh, about their bullcrap, about, of course, their special interests that do not serve you, but serve, of course, the special elitist, the special people uh, that feed them this, the, the insignificant pieces of paper that they see as, as something valuable, which is just utterly insane. This also, I think, goes along with uh, some of the, the next Super Chat that we have. So let's get into the Super Chat, uh, get into these stories, and then uh, take phone calls. You got it. I just want to talk about one thing that you said there, because you talked about that ISIS 700 hostages thing. I want to clarify that with people, because I don't think people understand how significant that really was. The entire region of Syria, except for one region, had no ISIS in it. All, and by the way, no one really knows how they were able to take over this town. They then get 700 hostages, Luke, that aren't just hostages. There's American and European nationals in there. Then Putin comes out about three, four months ago, and he says they promised to kill seven hostages a day. Complete media blackout for months after that. And then, less than about a week and a half, two weeks ago, it's revealed all 700 of them were actually killed. Think about 700 day by day. Seven people never mentioned once in our media. Not one time. And I really do believe that combined with that Syrian gas attack that we all know occurred and had a media blackout on that the Syrian state TV pointed at the quote-unquote rebels, al-Nusra, al-Qaeda, al-Qaeda, if you will, and ISIS. I, I mean, that was it. So 
you know, let's push forward, let's keep it positive, but let's hold this administration's feet to the fire and not allow some PMG, Eric Prince, military dominance over the military or uh, over the Middle East on behalf of the military industrial complex. On to the super chats, unless you got something to say. Yeah, yeah, friend. and that's an important, and Jason, you brought up a very important point. Still be skeptical. Always be skeptical of people in power. One, it's a very important lesson to always, always have within you, no matter who is president. Uh, I'm just sick of so many people flip-flopping on their morals and their true beliefs because someone they like uh, is in office. Uh, and and always, just the, the bigger aspect here could be that this could be a shift from uh, public forces to, of course, private forces with mercenaries and companies uh, who are outside of U.S. law who could take uh, the place of U.S. soldiers in Syria, in Afghanistan, in Iraq. And um, this could mean we're spending more money and committing more atrocities and doing it by supposedly the book, which could be a, a possible scenario here. I don't see that as of now, but as soon as it happens, we will call it out. Uh, is it possible? Yes. Has it? Uh, will it happen? Uh, we don't know. Likelihood is small, but still, you need to keep that kind of eyes open on this very important, hectic situation. All right, let's go to the Super Chat and then go to these stories. You got it. Um, let's see. Avatars, hey guys, Happy New Year. And uh, here is hoping and praying for a bigger and better 2019 for you and your loved ones. Oh, thank you so much. Yellow Vest coming to America in 2019. Time to tear down the establishment. I'm with them, Luke. You know, I feel like that is a, a correct assumption. You know, like, this Yellow Vest movement has already spread well beyond Europe. It just has to make it to the United States. And who knows? Maybe other people's private islands or places like the Hamptons wouldn't be safe. Weird. Well, well, we don't want we don't want anyone feeling unsafe. We don't want anyone doing, you know, crazy things. But I would, I'm, I'm very kind of, I would be very surprised if there was a major Yellow Vest movement in the United States. Um, mainly because... The United States is more hyper-polarized, not only because of the mainstream media, but also because of the social media algorithms keeping everyone in their own bubbles. Uh, and we have seen small pockets of the yellow vests, some of them in uh, northern Canada with far-right figures leading the way uh, on the bullhorns there, organizing it, and some in other parts of Canada, other parts of the United States that were organized by Antifa, uh, and other kind of radical elements. And uh, we already have seen a lot of divisive kind of talks in Canada the United States with these kind of groups. So uh, I'll be very, very surprised if there was going to be a huge popular uprising um, in the kind of the northern uh, American hemisphere. Uh, it would be good to see a lot of the people letting go of their differences and concentrating on the bigger kind of uh, injustices that we all face, but I honestly, um, it would be amazing to see, but I'm not that optimistic uh, for it as of now. A lot of things do have to change as far as media consumption for that to happen. A lot of uh, hyperbolic, divisive, left-leaning, right-leaning people uh, need to be, uh, like, need, need to not have as much support as they have now. For that to actually progress and for a lot of them to let go of their egos and bring people together which i kind of don't see happening i don't see happening uh because the media sphere is a lot more influential uh the parisians have more of a kind of rebellious protesting kind of culture uh and this kind of manifested in a way that makes sense 
Uh, will people, uh, again, pessimistic, I'll be surprised if it does happen, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, man, it's, it's, a, it's a tough one for sure. All right, yeah. so, um, I mean, again, be awesome if it did. Uh, I don't know that we're that awake here yet, but we who knows? You never know what's going to happen. Uh, the, deep, the Deep Dark Dot Net, uh, thank you for the $2 super chat, he says, aerosol injects are getting worse. What do you think? I don't know if they're getting any worse. Uh, I would say that I made an entire film about, uh, basically, it was about the Bilderberg Group, uh, geoengineering and then bioengineering, a.k.a. eugenics. But a large portion of it is on the geoengineering. So if you want to see the real deal on solar radiation management, uh, prolonged jet contrails, not just that creepy chemtrail word. Believe me, they're not being straight up with us, but I don't know that it's uh, gotten any worse. What do you think, Luke? Well, I haven't really focused on the issue as much as uh, you have, so uh, I'm more relating to you on this specific uh, question than anything else. Yeah, again, uh, I've, you know, I've done a whole documentary on it. Uh, I think it's very obvious that geoengineering programs uh, do exist and have existed for some time. The extent of those is still in question. Uh, but, again, more and more things are being revealed and declassified by the day, and more and more programs for this geoengineering and SRM are being promoted. So you guys do the math. I'm going to just change my lighting around because my lighting's all weird, but uh, go, go over to the next Super Chat. You got it. So, uh, Angel with the 999 Super Chat, uh, what are your thoughts on President uh, Trump's comments on the Federal Reserve? It's actually something we've covered here several times. In fact, uh, the first time that he said that uh, the Federal Reserve was perhaps uh, his greatest enemy and the greatest threat to his presidency, we covered it. Uh, we also covered the fact that he said that they were going to raise interest rates and that was going to hurt the economy and especially the stock market. This was well before they pulled the trigger and it actually came to fruition. We've seen a little bit of rebound uh, on the stock market in the last couple of days, but still an abysmal December for the stock market. And it's been mirrored in other markets, such as the cryptocurrency market. That took a huge hit in November and December as well. So I think that Trump is no dummy when it comes to the Federal Reserve. He actually understands interest rates. He understands how money moves. He understands loans. And he understands that we're balls deep in an organization that he doesn't control and can threaten his presidency at uh, any moment. And that's why he's being frank with people. In fact, he's talked about, can I fire this guy? And guess what? He can't, Luke. Yeah, it's a quasi-public-private organization that Donald Trump has been raising no arms with. But also, Donald Trump as president has been approving record-high budgets, especially record-high military budgets. A couple days ago, he said oh, $715 billion for defense. Absolutely crazy. Next day, passes $750 billion budget for them. And he has been increasing the U.S. debt more than uh, all the other previous predecessors uh, before him, um, almost at the same levels as Barack Obama. So that's another aspect that you have to understand here. He is borrowing more money, like all the other presidents before him, record highs going, of course, into more debt than ever. And uh, the Federal Reserve uh, wants to keep things going for, of course, the benefit of the very few. Uh, and uh, Trump is calling him out, which is interesting, which is which is something that needs to be done, but it's also a very dangerous game since we know uh, the true power that they wield and just how artificially fake the U.S. economy is, as well as other economies all over the world. But the U.S. economy is a major bubble, and uh, that bubble could pop anytime. There's going to be very, very severe repercussions uh, because of that. So it's a very dangerous game, uh, serious 
ramifications, but you guys just need to be ready, have an alternative, and uh, be prepared uh, for the worst, especially economically, because it's not a matter of uh, if, it's a matter of when. No, I agree. So, Luke, what do you think? Should we get into the uh, weekly stories? Yeah, let's just get right into them. All right, well, this first one, um, it's funny. You know, I saw the day before that this had occurred, and then this headline makes it out the day after. Mexico asked U.S. investigators to look into a mysterious plane crash that killed high-flying opposition governor and her husband as shocking aerials, photos, and footage reveal the wreckage. Now, take a look at this woman. She had recently won an election to be governor, and lo and behold, her small little plane with her husband and a couple pilots just blew up. <laughs> They're not sure exactly what happened. Doesn't look like a traditional crash. A lot wasn't questioned in the beginning. Uh, but now, even though the headline reads they're looking for U.S. investigators, I, I, I think it's just going to be, you know, one of those jobs where they say, you know, they whitewash it. They lie to you. They cover it up. This woman was obviously a threat. She was a rising political star. We know that there's a lot more machismo when it comes down and cartel rule, uh, not only Mexico, but uh, much of South America. So I, I'm extremely, call me paranoid, but when a politician's private plane blows up, I'm a little skeptical, Luke. I think this is a story we have to look at more and more, and I think that we uh, will hear more and more about it within the coming weeks. Well, of course, people are skeptical because it's Mexico. If you don't go along uh, and the, along the rules that are not really defined out there, uh, you're going to be taken out i mean that's just this that's just the truth that's what happens out there uh my sources in mexico were sending me this video and uh, they're legitimately like well it could be an accident but a lot of people are thinking of course that there's foul play will they be able to find out i don't know uh there's been a lot of plane crashes throughout history that have been politically motivated whether this is an accident whether this is uh, something else uh, we still do not know and i think it's still too early to call but uh there's uh, room for skepticism here, definitely. Absolutely. Again, we're not saying we have the answer, but room for skepticism. Now, that brings us to this Christmas tale, and you actually covered this story really quickly, but I'm just going to go over it fast and show you uh, a video. This is Partisan Girl and uh, her posting uh, what was going on in the Syrian Christmas, and this is one of the reasons that, uh, guys, you need to remain very, very skeptical. Uh, we have been arm in arm with everything Israel has done to Syria, and mostly in the Middle East. We've given them every, they, everything they want in the last couple of years, especially this year, with the capital going into Jerusalem. And on Christmas Day, what, what do we have? We have missile fire. Uh, can you imagine that? I mean, Christmas was, you know, I had a pretty special Christmas this year. I had a really good time. And uh, the last thing that I would want to be thinking about or fearing is that there might be a missile strike in my neighborhood or close to my home, Luke. Yeah, we, of course, saw Partisan Girl tweet about this a lot. There are a lot of Christians inside of Syria. Um, so uh, very bold move by Israel, especially with the news of the United States leaving. Of course, Israel said that this was, of course, towards Hezbollah and kind of Iranian targets. Uh, we will see what happens here. That uh, What I'm hearing from other sources is that the S-300 systems that Russia gave Syria have not been uh, fully established just yet, but they're still being installed. But uh, very crazy situation, very bold move by Israel, uh, of course, supported by the U.S. And um, yeah, it, it, it's not, it's not, again, it, it looks like there's a drawdown, but at the same time, um, things could spark up. I just see this as a little spark, 
I don't see this catching fire towards a bigger thing from my analysis and from covering this area for a very long time. So a little spark uh, sadly happened on Christmas, uh, but it died out. I don't see it uh, engulfing into a bigger flame, into a bigger conflict uh, just yet at this very moment. Um, and it kind of went out from my analysis. All right, uh, let's move on to Wednesday's story. And uh, this one here is uh, just shows how, you know, monsters can be generational. <laughs> this is Liz Cheney, uh, the daughter of uh, Lord Darth Cheney, Lord Darth Cheney the first. Uh, I still haven't gotten to see Vice, but boy, do I want to. Uh, I took the kid to see the, uh, the Grinch on Christmas. Instead, uh, I didn't think she could handle the real Grinch, the real monster, uh, the vice president in Vice. But <laughs> Liz Cheney, oh, she strongly opposes Trump on Syria and Afghanistan. How could he want to leave those places? And, you know, while all these political hacks... And uh, mainstream media monsters promote this stuff. I'm just laughing away because the people aren't buying into it. And some people that used to promote the war in the Middle East and the war on terror, like Tucker Carlson, have become a huge ally for the truth. He had one of those Syrian warmongers on his show, and he absolutely eviscerated him. So you know what? Props to Tucker Carlson uh, getting a soul like a real boy in 2018. He really, I mean, he's done some decent work in the past, but boy, those MSNBC days, they were rough, Tucker. Really pro-war back then, the Tucker. And you've turned a corner. Uh, people like Liz Cheney have not. And remember, when you've got crap in, you're going to get crap out most likely, Luke. I think the biggest crap was definitely Tucker Carlson's bow tie. I think as soon as he got rid of that, he finally started getting some more blood to his head and started uh, actually critically thinking about issues. Because uh, I remember he was a very divisive, very establishment Republican, total line, war's great, war's fine kind of character. It's interesting to see how he kind of changed and uh, morphed into being pro-peace, pro-bringing the troops back, pro-doing the things that are right for America and not just for Saudi Arabia or Israel, and has been also not afraid to criticize Donald Trump on those issues. Uh, so very surprising. Again, not, not a perfect human being, still someone that I disagree with on a lot of different issues, but it's interesting and I think overall a good thing to see him kind of turning the corner uh, into a more positive direction. As far as Liz Cheney, it's, I mean, it's not a surprise that the offspring of Dick Cheney is calling for more war and conflict and blood. Uh, is that a surprise? No. Uh, so, yeah, let's just move on to the next story because this is um, going to be more of uh, what we're going to be seeing from that obvious you know, human being. So this one's a tough story to even cover or kind of talk about because it's really, it hits home, especially a guy like me. I mean, I'm 39. I know Luke's in his early 30s. I think he's 31, 32. Uh, this is a young woman. She's only 26 years old and didn't get a lot of press here in the United States. I actually saw it on the Daily Mail first. This is a BBC article that I'm showing you. Um, but she was a correspondent for OAN. And if you're unaware of what OAN is, uh, props to them this year for sending uh, Pearson Sharp into Syria, into the region that supposedly this evil gas attack had occurred by Assad. Uh, I believe it was in the Gouda region. And not only did he go there and go to the hospital where this stuff was filmed and talk to the neighborhood people, but he actually found one of the children in the video and did an interview with him and his father. And it proved very conclusively that this kid had not been under a chemical attack, let alone the region. 
Now, this young woman, she had actually uh, started being a, a small contributor, not a correspondent yet on Fox, but, you know, uh, on the Red Eye program, those type of things. She'd make her way up, and uh, who knows if she'd be the next Tommy Loren or one of these big conservative figures. They, they are a little right-leaning over at OAN. Uh, but she just dropped dead suddenly. People had seen her two days before, and they said H1N1, which is the swine flu virus, which is extremely odd. And then they said sometime of viral meningitis. And I know people that have gotten extremely sick and had to be hospitalized, but I've never met somebody that literally went coma and died within 24 hours of these things. Uh, and just kind of top it off and give it a personal feel, I was out at, uh, you know, the, the bar I used to run. Uh, back on, uh, what's a Thursday night, I stopped in probably like 10, 30, 11 o'clock. Uh, the bartender starts talking to me, a girl I hired, and she goes, you know, I'm really having a rough day. Uh, a girl I went to school with, uh, she just dropped dead out of nowhere, 26. And I go, are you talking about the OAN correspondent? And she's like, yeah, believe me, me and her politics do not align. <laughs> and she she looks at me and I look at her and I go, I got to tell you, you know, Evelyn, I, I, I don't think, I, I think it's pretty suspicious, don't you? And she's like, nobody believes that she just dropped dead of H1N1 or, or, or just got sick. He, she's like, you know, this was the holidays. Her friends and family were all around her, you know, just at Christmas time. And, uh, you know, she was fine. She was great. So uh, this is scary. This kind of scares a guy like me. You know, this is the darker side of our business. Who knows? Maybe this actually happened. This, you know, get, uh, probably the chance of getting struck by lightning four times in your life to just drop dead of H1N1 or uh, or or viral meningitis statistically, but you never know. But it, on the other end, man, you got to understand people are risking their lives out there, Luke. Well, again, she was very young and it is very rare, but it could be also very possible. I know a lot of personalities, a lot of media figures, and their lives are very, very stressful. And really, if you have a life full of high stress, your life expectancy goes down. Some people even say that a stressful kind of workplace could take 33 years off your life. Now, having a stressful workplace, not having a good diet, uh, any of those things are possible. And again, uh, you know, the flu and meningitis, it could be even the case that this is a rare situation that this happened, or it could be something else. Again, we still uh, are not sure of what's going on here. But, uh, you know, my kind of take on it is uh, try to take care of yourself, guys. I mean, try to, it's hard, but try to eat right. Try to, uh, exercise, try to get rid of stress in your life and, and um, you know, live a better life because uh, you know, our immune systems uh, are definitely under attack. Uh, a lot of people aren't really, uh, you know, the, the kind of lifestyle that society pushes on you doesn't really emphasize true health. Uh, so, you know, be careful out there. Try to take care of yourself and, uh, you know, take advantage of the life that you have and, you um, don't take it for granted because it could go away at any time. And it's a sad, tragic story uh, to see this young person who had a lot of potential um, you know, not be here with us anymore. So very tragic story, especially over the holidays. And uh, I can only imagine what the family of uh, this lady uh, are, are going through. So sympathies and uh, condolences to them and a uh, very heartbreaking story. Let's just move over uh, Move over to uh, Saturday. You got it. And for some reason, this just keeps giving me a problem in my browser, so you'll get to see a flash on the screen really quickly. But we had this billionaire apologizing for a Kremlin. I like how everything's a Kremlin-like effort. And, and that's that's the thing about this. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to 
flash it up here again. Basically, you had a rich billionaire who didn't want Roy Moore, who lost his race uh, in the Senate. I'm not, and by the way, I'm not defending Roy Moore. You know, Roy Moore right now, he's in a lawsuit with Sasha Baron Cohen. Uh, I don't believe him about his past, all that stuff. But this guy was interfering with elections and he was setting people up the false flag. In other words, you do something, you make it look like your enemy has done it, and then they are the ones blamed. 9-11! 9-11! Oh my god! Um, but you see it on a lot smaller scale, and this guy's probably not going to do any time, Luke, at all. At all. He's not going to do yeah. any time. He's going to say, I'm sorry. And these the crimes he committed, by the way, Luke, are way worse than anything that Manafort did or any of these people being investigated for Russian collusion. Yeah, and we have to understand, what he was trying to do here is give people an impression that Russia was supporting and meddling in U.S. elections, allegedly supporting Alabama Republican Roy Moore in, of course, last year's election. So they were purposefully setting up a false flag. And this is not just one small guy here. This is the co-founder of LinkedIn. He's one of the top Silicon Valley donors of the Democratic campaign. He has a lot of say and a lot of sway not only in the tech industry, but also in uh, politics and large. And this is just uh, something to really, really be aware of because this could have easily also been done against Donald Trump. Uh, and this story highlights a very important aspect that Donald Trump could have been set up with a false flag to make it look like Russia was supporting him and Russia wasn't. Um, so extremely, extremely important story that does deserve a lot of attention. Uh, and uh, it's not getting uh, a lot of it, but uh, that's why we're covering it here on this uh, YouTube channel. Almost no attention. And again, you, you pick a guy like Roy Moore, who's somebody that's kind of like a detestable figure, and you're kind of able to bury this story. But just like you said, you know, this guy was trying to make it look like Russian trolls and Russian yeah. bots. They literally, they literally created thousands of fake Russian accounts on Twitter and began following him and promoting him and supporting him. So then anyone looking at it would be like, oh, wow, look at all these Russians. Uh, look at all these big <laughs> Russian efforts. And, of course, the attempt fell flat on its face because of how idiotic it was done. But he still poured a lot of money into it. But imagine the sophistication and the bigger kind of possibilities here that could be happening that we still could not be aware that it is a false flag. All right, brother, we're going to move on to the next story. And this is a Saturday story, although I think the press conference was uh, yesterday. And I'm not sure if you were even in Queens when this happened. You might have been on the way to, to Hawaii or it might have happened. Uh, I was on it. Yeah, yeah was you were on, on, on the plane, right? <laughs> but uh, right. so for people that don't know, uh, a huge Con Edison transformer supposedly blew up. Now, immediately, because of the blue hue over the skies, Luke, it's the aliens! It's the aliens' invasion. And I mean, in my feet alone, all of a sudden I'm seeing somebody put this video up where supposedly it's a bunch of UFOs over the uh, uh, Empire State Building flashing around. But, it, you know, it's not uh, correlated with the explosion at the plant or even timestamp the same day, you know, all these rumors out there. So what really bothers me, and this is what makes, you know, um, Cuomo an ass clown. He's an ass clown. Let's let's call him what he is. 
Uh, his face is the ass of a clown. And he's walking out there with the alien mask, playing into the absurdity. Now, I know that he doesn't think aliens are there, but we don't really know how that plant or why that plant blew up. We don't know whether it was some kind of a serious... First of all, people don't understand until they've been to New York City that something goes wrong with a power plant, the subway system. That could have real repercussions. I mean, that place is condensed. I mean, disastrous repercussions. So I'm not saying that it was you know, a directed energy weapon or corporate espionage. But as soon as you play into the comedy of an alien attack, you kind of discredit any questions whatsoever on, hey, why the hell did this power plant just blow up in the middle of Queens? Was it Queens or Brooklyn? Uh, Queens. Yeah, I thought it was Queens. Okay, yeah, Astoria, right? We're like right outside of Astoria. Everything so... blows up Queens. Queens <laughs> is just filled with like gas tires, gas, a whole bunch of tires and cemeteries. Uh <laughs> I don't like Queens. Sorry, Queens people. Right. Wow. Like, Queens uh, almost extends to, you know, Strong Island, bro. And there's there's a lot of Strong Islanders around here that wouldn't like that talk, bro. <laughs> hey, Chief? That's not Queens, okay? It's two separate territories. One is just overly taxed suburbia. Well, Queens uh, bleeds into the, it. They're connected. Like, on the, on the very end of Queens, you start getting into to Strong Island. <laughs> Believe me, I've dated enough Strong Island girls. Again, I don't care about the <laughs> draw, I suppose, Strong Island. <laughs> Queens is a crap hole. I don't like Queens. Sorry. <laughs> and, I dated too many crazy women from Queens oh. and always had a negative effect. Like, I meet girls now. I'm like, are you from Queens? I'm like, I got to go. Uh, always, next, always something bad. Same with Staten Island. If she's a Staten Island or a Queens girl, do not date them. <laughs> All right. Up here. Uh, Any advice? All right. Well, we got the last story, the Sunday story, and this kind of uh, bleeds into my monologue a little bit. This is Kevin Spacey. He's out there uh, giving the pooperetzi uh, some Domino's pizza while he wears a hat that says. Retired in 2017. Oh, Kevin, you're so funny with your rapey vibe and child molester looks and actions. Folks, right now, um, Mr. Spacey is simply facing allegations of sexual assault of an 18-year-old. However, we know uh, from the Star Trek actor who was only 14 when he was pinned on a hotel bed by Spacey after being plied with alcohol, and a separate young man who was 16 featured in a very good vulture piece that this man likes him young. And he likes him young just like the company he keeps of Brian Singer. So, guys, I know that The Usual Suspects is a great film. I understand that he's a good actor. Um, he needs to pay for his crimes. And that creepy-ass video he put out on Christmas Eve was just unbelievable. And the way he's just joking about this and playing with the public uh, shows a greater sickness that we allow this in society. Well, he, we, we, let, let, let's, let's talk about this honestly because Kevin Spacey is one of the best actors out there and to be the best in that particular field and to be so committed towards that there has to be some screws loose so let's just be honest here with ourselves and the media has been supporting him when it came out with people saying hey he was uh, a pedophile who attacked young children when that information came out what did the media do the media came out and was like oh he came out as a homosexual he's so great and I'm like, no, he's responding to allegations of 
doing really horrible violations against another human being who was underage. Uh, and uh, they really, the media had another kind of slap back to reality with, with the outrage of people being like, hey, I think it's more important that uh, we know about these allegations and look into them than the fact that he's homosexual. It doesn't matter what people personally want to be. So he's a little, he's a little screwed up and uh, expect more screwed up behavior from crazy Hollywood types and celebritards. It's, it's only, uh, you know, a, a, a factor of the reality in that entire industry that people need to realize that, hey, a lot of these major actors had to do a lot of dirty things, had to suck a lot of, had to take a lot of, to be into, into positions that they are now. So they're not as glorious and you shouldn't be looking up to them uh, as, as society usually does. All right, let's just end this at this last super chat. This is a really good super chat by uh, Bamboo Soldier. Bamboo Soldier gave us a really good super chat for $5 that I think we should end the show on. And he says, happy holidays and happy new year. Any new year's resolutions for you guys? Thanks very much for your work. Uh, Ryan, do you have any New Year's resolutions? Hold on, you can get back in the chair if you want. Jason, what are your New Year's resolutions? I'm going to get back down to 185 and get rid of this friggin' baby belly I got. Oh, I, do we want to take the call? I thought we were going to take Wait, the call. Wait, hold on, but still go over these resolutions, then take phone calls. Okay. So, yeah, no, all right, uh, I'm going to hang up on them. Uh, <laughs> I made the mistake of, uh, of hitting the ring when, uh, incoming call we were waiting. But, yes, I, I, dude... I'm over 200 pounds for the first time this year since I was probably 26. Over 10 years, I, I got over you 200. You be Santa Claus. Uh, yeah, to hell with you. And I, I still, <laughs> I still haven't peaked out over like 208. Uh, I was like 202 this morning. Uh, but I got a VR headset. I got the Creed, the Creed VR boxing. Some good cardio. I'd actually pulled my, uh, uh, my left arm. Uh, a few weeks ago, moving my sister's uh, dryer. <laughs> so I've been out of capacity. My little sciatic back pain right now. I'm getting old, Luke. The, the road to 40 is here. I'm literally less than seven months now. I'm seven months out from 40, and I'm scared to death. I, I can't be out of shape. So dad bod be gone. 185, brutal berm is coming back. That's what we, that's my whole resolution. I kind of like my dad bod. I got a, <laughs> a lot of you. I started getting a belly. I literally have a belly. Uh, that I got, uh, especially after I quit smoking. Uh, so 2018, a lot of like mental work, a lot of uh, spiritual work, and uh, getting rid of a lot of self-sabotaging uh, activities. And a lot of times, I even talk to you know therapists and specialists, and they're like, you know, if you quit smoking, you're gonna replace it with something else, uh, unless you deal with your issues. Uh, so I've been, you know, trying to deal with a lot of the issues. Everything's still a work in progress. No one ever is perfect or healed or great. There's always something else that comes up that you got to deal with. Uh, but uh, ever since I uh, quit smoking, I've been enjoying a lot of food. And uh, literally, like the first time ever, I could actually inhale and exhale my stomach and actually make it bigger and fatter and look like I'm pregnant. And uh, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, my, uh, again, New Year's resolution, it's been happening at the end. It's to stop dating uh, women that are detrimental to my mental health. Stop with that self. Stop dating the bad women. I've been dating the self-sabotaging behavior. A lot of that. Like any woman that was just bad for me, I was like, yes. Oh, oh yeah. I started dating, and uh, I want to put a total end to that. I've been doing very good for the last uh, two to three months, and uh, I, again, I want to turn this fat into muscles. 
So that's another resolution. Work out, uh, change my diet, make my diet more conscious, make my diet uh, more beneficial towards having the best kind of uh, human fuel for my body. And then just start hitting the gym and working out and turning that fat into muscle. So that's my kind of big uh, 2019 resolution that I'm really excited about. I actually made a list of all the resolutions I wanted last year and uh, 70 to 80% of them. I made a list of about 30 things, 70% of them I hit. Uh, so I'm super excited. I'm going to take a look at that list tomorrow. I'm going to make a new list. Top of the things are going to be getting, uh, getting, the, getting the gun show ready, turning the fat into muscle. <laughs> And um, not dating uh, thoughts, not dating bad women uh, <laughs> for myself. Uh, so those are my resolutions. Ryan, Ryan, uh, stand up, not eleven, Instagrammer. What's your resolutions? Um, I think it's just gonna keep following through with my like goals and dreams of last year, continuing to this year, just raising more awareness and dedicating my time to my independent businesses and just kind of expanding consciousness all over the world. So yeah, all right, that's our resolutions. Thanks so much, Ryan. Uh, should we take a phone call or should we just get out of here? It's up to you, man. I wasn't planning on I put it on there because you said we were going to take phone calls at the end of the show. I didn't put the number up. Someone just got in there. So we could or we couldn't. It's up to you. Hey, let's do one more. Let's just take, take one more phone call and then end the year off uh, on a high note. All right. Well, it's uh, 607-542-9184. While we sit here and wait for you, I do want to acknowledge. Great. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I just want to acknowledge uh, Amanda Nunes knocked Cyborg silly in 55 seconds last night. Uh, Ryan knows Cyborg. <laughs> oh, does? I was watching the fight with him last night. He talks to her and like he he's she's been a killer, bro. She's been a killer. We actually have two, so I got to pick one. She's been a killer, and uh, nothing but we'll talk to the caller in one second. Nothing but respect for her. I followed her career all the way back in Strike Force when they were trying to uh, get people to duck her. They didn't want her fighting Carano because Carano was a beautiful girl, and you know that she was selling stuff. But she, she I, I thought Nunez, dude, Nunez was not that much smaller. She's one of the top level fighters, and overall, she's fought higher level competition, better technical strikers. Got into a big, big brawl right out of the gates. She almost put her down, but no, Nunez came through. Uh, really exciting fights last night. A little disappointed with the Johnny Bones Jones uh, Gustafson uh, deal, but that's that's a whole other podcast. You are on the air with We Are Change for the final time in 2018. What is your name? What would you like to talk about? Oh, you guys, you know who I am. Almost <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm, I wanted to call one last time and be like, one, I did not realize you were as old as you are, Jason. Like, I really didn't. It's very surprising. It is. Uh, Luke, it makes a little more sense. It does, kind of. Uh, it really does. Um, well, brother, I know that we look really like, just, uh, we look I'm a little glad, glad, I'm sorry. No, no, we, I mean, we look a little younger, but, uh, believe me, we got miles on us. I mean, me and Luke have known each other. Oh, no, no, I feel like. 15 years almost. It's got to be close. It's got to be 14 years. In 2019, it'll be 14 years that we've known each other. Uh, I mean, that's... Oh, yeah. Ooh, I'm only 31. I just... I'm, I'm big on 4chan and Reddit and all that shit. I'm, I'm not trying to, like, toot my heart or anything, but I'm telling you right now. I mean, uh, the cabal is coming to an end. Uh, everything with Trump, and I'm not a Trump supporter. I'm not, you guys. Uh, it's not like I wanted him to be there, but he has a name recognition that has to happen. Special space for him, things like that, of that nature, I suppose. Um, there, there's a lot of stuff that's going to be happening. Like I said, you guys, I love you to death. You're just kind of hitting the top of the, the topic, I guess. 
Well, brother, we appreciate the call. Uh, happy New Year, and I hope he's right, Luke. People are saying it's Chris Farley calling in. From <laughs> I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate all the help and all the support and the positive messages and keeping it keeping it good. You know, I mean, we, we got this. Uh, there's so much to do, but I'm so excited. And I'm so happy. Um, I'm literally just going to take care of myself and, and be the best version that I can. I got a little hat, five bucks here. Uh, Jason, you, you don't like it. I don't care. Ryan doesn't <laughs> like it. No one likes it, but uh, it's going to be my hat for 2019, and uh, I'm going to wear it proud. And uh, hell, thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Jason. Thank you all amazing human beings for being a part of this amazing journey with us. It's only going to get crazy. It's only going to get better. Uh, and I'm really, really excited for 2019. Anything else you want to say, Jason? No, nah, man, I just want to throw the love out and just uh, thank everybody that did become a member, did contribute to Super Chat, did become a subscriber, and is continuing to make this uh, a reality, a possibility. You know, a lot of people aren't surviving out there. Uh, don't be surprised when the Young Turks are done this year. Uh, I, if they're not done, they're going to be very scaled back, and you're going to see a lot of that. And I really hope that we can just bust through, stay strong, be honest, and like we talked about, have the best damn 2019 America could ever see, Luke. Hallelujah. And on that end, love you guys. Thank you again so much for watching. Stay tuned for a lot more.